wow, you made it back? Like, I knew you told me you were coming back, but I didn't know you were coming back, like, right away. But since you're here, thank you so much for joining in on another edition of the Producers Podcast here at DenverSports.com. You can also find it on your Denver Sports app. Just go to your Google Store or the Apple Store, download, or first off, type in Denver Sports, and you'll see our logo is going to be Denver Sports, and then right below it, 104 through the fan. You click the download button, and then you listen to us over and over and over again. But guess what? You're joined again by your man KJ from The Drive, and I am joined. We're all joined with my guy, the guy who is the voice of everything DU, Colin Zanker. What's going on, my guy? My man. Well, I I got a question. Was that more of a uh, baby comeback or a baby got back? Oh. (laughs) Which one one is that more of? She got back to us or uh, we just want her back? I mean, we're glad everyone's here listening to That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm glad to be back with you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, If it's a baby got back, then... I don't know, man, um, because I think our audience, I don't, I don't know if they would appreciate that. They may appreciate the song, yes, yes, but I don't, somebody, I don't know if they'll yeah. appreciate being called Baby Got Back. Touche, touche, my friend. But, man, um, how's life been treating you? Oh, man, it's good. I'm I'm excited. i uh, been doing some traveling, watched the Rockies in Texas since we last talked, which was cool, great experience. Going down to Atlanta, um, I, I had a big trip planned. I was going to do Boston and Atlanta and knock out those two stadiums. But unfortunately, there's a possibility of a little parade here in Denver that, <laughs> mm. that kind of changed those plans. So I, I'm glad nothing was booked ahead of time. Uh, I'll have to knock Fenway off some other year, but headed down to Atlanta in about a week. There you go. It's, beautiful, it's man. It's there you good. go, man. I love it. I love it, man. You got some big stuff coming up. I do up, have man. some big stuff, but before I get to my big stuff, I do want to kind of mention, you said we have a little parade coming up here in town, and we'll have a, a specific podcast coming up here in the very near future about that little parade that's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um, so I want you guys to really stay tuned for that because we, we it's, it's going to be a fun, exciting podcast, and we're going to do something a little unique here at uh, 104.3 The Fan to kind of celebrate uh, what that will look like when that time comes. But nonetheless, I do have some news, man. I am getting married here soon. So this episode... My thank man, you, my thank man. You, thank you, thank you. This episode is being recorded on June 6th, and... It will also be uploaded the same day. I will be getting married a week and a day from this date. So the next time I am on this podcast, I will not be married. But the time after that, I will be (laughs) married. I promise. I promise you guys I will be married after that. But nonetheless, that's what it is. Very happy for you. I can't can't express my, you know. Like just my joy that I get to see you have, <laughs> man. It is it is truly a pleasure, man, and I appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, obviously I'll, I'll bring her up to, up here to the station one day. I just gotta make sure it's the right day. I can't have all of the buffoons um, here at the station uh, convincing her of things that are not true about me. So, did, did I ever tell you my my poker moniker nickname? Oh, uh, talk to me. Talk to me. So this 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 all started. I got a nickname from some random name gem- generator when uh, online poker was legal. But my nickname was Nerdy Buffoon. 
That's, that's <laughs> the one that came up. So when you just said all the buffoons around, I'm like, are you talking directly to me? <laughs> I mean, you've told me you want to meet her, but now you're saying the buffoons can't be around. I don't know if I could be a part of that then. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. I did not mean for it to come off that way. I was not talking about you. Like, if I had known that before, like, I definitely would have rephrased it. I so as a matter of fact, like, we're going to hop in the – uh, way back machine to about two minutes ago, and I'm going to rephrase that, and I am going to say, I don't want all of the people who uh, who like to fabricate stories. Ah, there we go. Uh, getting a hold of the woman I love and telling her things that are not true about me. Well, there you go. You know. Yeah, I would never do that. So that would that would that would make this buffoon. <laughs> you know, if, if I did that, I would be a buffoon, man. No, you're, I, you're, you're a great well, guy, you're so. you're a great man. I'm not worried about you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you're one of the few people here that I am like, oh, you know, I want her to meet this guy, oh, someone who works hard, who has my best interest at hand. Uh, someone I genuinely call a friend, man. So I appreciate that. Appreciate bro. you, my man. I got you, appreciate man. You. I got you. Well, I know you guys are probably like, oh, man, what is going on with all of this bro love that is taking place? But we're going to put that aside for a few minutes and we're going to get into some real sports talk here. There's been a topic that has been brought to my attention that um, I didn't know needed to be a topic. But today you guys are going to hear us flush out a strong 20 to 25 minutes on something that. Uh, really kind of took me by storm. And it goes a little something like this. Recently, the Denver Broncos released their Super Bowl 50 kicker and the longest reigning Broncos since the Super Bowl 50 team, Brandon McManus, and he has since been picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's had some interesting comments to say. He talks about kicking when it matters most in the playoffs, throwing all of the jabs at the Broncos. That's fine. We'll let him have that. He deserves to be somewhere where winning is going to be uh, around for a long time. He's worked hard. He's been a part of some very bad teams here with the Broncos, so I wish him nothing but the best. That is not the topic. The topic is Sean Payton is letting everyone know that it is my way or the highway. For those who don't know, Brandon McManus has kind of always been the type of guy who walks to the beat of his own drum. And he has not apologized for that, nor should he. He's one of the best kickers in the NFL. But Sean Payton has said, when we're trying to establish a new culture here, either you are going to, without a shadow of a doubt, get under my tutelage get under my leadership or you are no longer going to be here there's nothing that can confirm that report but there are multiple people who have said that Brandon McManus has infamously been known as a guy who walks to the beat of his own drum when it comes to how he conducts his business and there's nothing wrong with that I don't want anyone to think that there's anything wrong with that but what's interesting Colin is when a coach says you need to get in line and a player doesn't get in line, and a player of Brandon McManus's stature is cut, that sets a different precedent here with the Denver Broncos that I don't think we've seen for some time. Yeah, and, and you're right. There's nothing wrong to, you know, walking or speaking your truth and doing, you know, doing things your way in in most cases. I mean, there's some times that you need to toe the corporate line. 
You know, just like just like you can look at the NFL right now and all the the probes into gambling. You know, you can't gamble on sports. All right. You might want to walk into the beat of your own drummer, but you can't do certain things. Right. And so Sean Payne's coming in and he's establishing a new culture. And one of those cultures is also to, you know, let a Brandon McManus go, who is very vocal. And, you know, I know the players appreciate that. But also when you're trying to change things and change a culture in an organization, sometimes you have to flush out the old. You know, good or bad, you know, longest tenured Super Bowl champion, been with the Broncos, made some very clutch kicks, but there's also a piece of Sean Payton that sits there and says, hey, that's that's all the old way of doing things. Right. This is still, I mean, that's still a John Elway regime Mm. type of thing. And with him letting him go, not only did it save money on the cap, so the Broncos have some opportunity now with $10 million, and I know we'll go into that at some point. Uh, their cap space, but Broncos have opportunity, but also for me, it, it shows a few things. One is that the kicking game isn't going to be as important as it, as it has been in the past. If you really go mm. into it, if you thought the Broncos, if Sean Payton thought the Broncos were going to be a field goal away from winning games, do you think they would have kept McManus? Probably, mm. you know, mm. Because he's as as bad as he was in the last year or two, you know, and he wasn't terrible. He just hasn't been the same guy that we saw in the Super Bowl years. So it just kind of shows that that value isn't there for him anymore. And it's not there for the Broncos because they'd rather have that cap space. And maybe they don't even spend that cap space this year. Maybe, yeah. I would not have an issue with because I'm of the thinking that they're still a year away. And McManus did do, you know, he thanked the fans. He thanked everybody. But sometimes... No, when it's time to go, it's time to go. I would agree with that. And I think that's that's kind of where the, the new regime, to your point, is really putting their foot down is, hey, I like you. I think you're a great player. But if you're not willing to make the sacrifices needed under this version of the Denver Broncos, you will not be here. You talked about how it's – probably an emphasis on the fact that the kicking game may not be as important as we always dreamed that it would be. Yeah. But I guess the conversation now leads to how much pressure is Sean Payton intentionally putting on the offense to be better this year compared to leaning on other forms of scoring or other forms of uh, of trying to produce uh, some type of rhythm uh, compared to like years past. Like obviously the defense has been dominant. Special teams has been the special teams, but Brandon yeah. McManus has been the staple. Really hasn't been that's why I was like, I mean, I was going to bring him up. Right. Uh, but but how much pressure is on the offense realistically? Um, because Sean Payton obviously is trying to do something a little different. And he's trying to do it this way for a reason. Well, I think I think honestly that this is going to put all the pressure on the offense because one of the other moves that I think could very soon follow McManus being gone is even a possible departure of a player like Justin Simmons. You know, Justin Simmons, he's one he's the fifth highest paid safety in the NFL. He's making a lot of money, and granted, he's led the team in interceptions. He's a great guy. Same thing as McManus. Great guy. Love him. Love him on the team. But he's also part of that old culture. 
And what I think Sean Payton wants to see happen is can this offense carry this team? Because last year, the only reason the, the Broncos were in games in spite of their offense, they were in games because their defense held. But if you're paying all this money on offense, you got to see if these guys can perform and make that paycheck. Right now, if you look at last year, I mean, we all know how bad Russ was. And you can talk about the offense missing pieces. The offensive line was a mess. The running game, you know, whether it be fumbles or injuries, was non-existent for a lot of the time. You just you look at it and it's like, are your highest paid players going to be able to perform? And Sean Payton, being an offensive coach, is going to put the pressure on those guys. He wants the defense to do all right, but it goes back to kind of the bend, don't break defense. Right. Where, you know, yeah, give up a field goal, you know, whatever, we'll be fine. Our offense is going to come back and score on you regardless. Mm. That's what Sean Payton wants. So, you know, I see him taking from that defensive side and even earlier in the offseason when there were rumors of even a Buda Baker, a higher paid safety coming to the Broncos. <laughs> it was interesting. It was. But there were these rumors that, move Justin Simmons out. So this isn't something new that's been brought up, the possibility of losing a guy like Simmons and putting that pressure on the offense. Do you trade him or do you cut him? I mean, don't don't I know on the surface that sounds like a silly question, but like realistically, do you trade him or do you just cut bait with him and recognize that the majority of it won't count against the cap? Well, no, you trade him because he's still got two years left on his contract. And on the current contract that he just signed? Yeah. Yeah, there's two more after this season. Oh, oh after the, yeah, yeah. After so, the so, 2023 yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. So, okay, yeah, got through you, 25. Okay. Um, so, yeah, not just this year, next year, yeah. excuse me. But yeah, I got you. So you have all those years left, and we've seen in the past, now it didn't work out, but once again, my one of my favorite things is it only takes one. You could say the Seahawks were stupid for trading for Jamal Adams from the Jets and giving up those first-round picks, but you know what? It only takes one. To, to dance in the in this party and so if someone is willing to give up a haul like the seahawks were to get or, or did i say justin jalen adams or oh man adams yeah i did say it, yeah, you had it right jamal jamal, jamal adams. Adams. i did say, it right. say it right. i don't know <laughs> i don't know why i was questioning myself oh, man, i was sitting there thinking i was like hello i thought uh, he just hit it <laughs> i did but when you when you have a player like that, you know somebody's going to be willing to give up, give it up, whether it be injury or something else. So yeah, you trade, and maybe the, I mean, it could happen this year. The Broncos start off, you know, the Broncos. I think we all look at the start of the schedule, and they have a possibility to be at least five hundred or around that, even heading into the bye week, maybe one game under. You know, they have a chance to be around that, but also they'll know what they have. And I think it's more important for Sean Payton to build this team up through the draft picks. This isn't going to be built the way that it was in, you know, 2013, for, you know, with Peyton Manning coming in, Emmanuel Sanders, TJ Ward, Akeem Tlaib. This isn't going to be that type of build. This is going to be, you know, a ground up roots type of building with Sean Payton. Uh, they're going to give him a chance. And it's going to, like I said, I, I think it's going to be on Russell Wilson's shoulders this year. But I also think that means that you let go of some of your higher priced defensive guys because you got to remember, you still have some young talent in that secondary. Caleb Stearns has looked really good. Even Justin Simmons came out and said that Caleb Stearns looks really good. Mm. There's young talent back there. It's time for them to, you know, it, it might be Sean Payton might just say, hey, put up or shut up. Let's go and do this thing. 
and then they'll reinvest in the offensive side because there's no doubt the Broncos still are going to need offensive line help after this season. I I don't think the two the two pickups fix everything. Oh, man, I, I would agree. Now, gosh, I do not see the Broncos doing this by any stretch of the imagination, but you talk you talk about some of the young safety stepping up. Could there be a world where, gosh, oh, this just sounds even crazy asking it, but could there be a world where you have Caden Stearns as the strong and then you have uh, kind of – you put Justin as the free – and you are able to move Kareem down to maybe like a, a a nickel or dime roll that allows him to kind of sit more in a box, but it puts him more in, in a zone instead of like having to defend those faster or stronger guys like on an island. Uh, that's the only thing I could potentially think of if we're talking about making a shift like that because otherwise – Justin Simmons' value to the team is great to a certain degree – but the interceptions he gets, they don't usually go all the way back for touchdowns. Yeah. So, like, there are, like, a lot of little instinctive things that I think you would miss on the surface. But I think there are other people who could feel the leadership voice. So how do you shift the defense in a way that would best suit his, 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 his playing style before you would even think about trading him? Well, I, I mean, the first thing that you're going to end up doing is you're obviously going to have your young guys play. They're going to... They would test. They would test Caden Stearns out there. PS two is going to be on an island, you know that. And then you then you give help over the top. You give you know you give the extra guys dropping whether it be you know the um, linebackers or you have the two safeties in a bracket or uh, the bracket coverage on the other side, depending on where the slot guy goes to. Mm. You know you can you can move stuff around, but I think the first and foremost is that. Sertan is going to be on an island. They're going to give Sertan a chance to literally be that shut down guy. I agree. And I think if you were to kind of have some fun with that role a little bit, I think you could also see a world where K1 Williams could move to the outside. I know he specializes as a nickel, but he could play some outside, which would allow that safety uh, kind of double coverage sit under one over type of situation to kind of apply. Yeah, and everyone talks about how smart Caden Stearns is for the game, and that's something that, you know, if if they're dropping that one linebacker and you just have that small gap, he's going to be able to, or it's, it appears that he'd be able to diagnose some of those plays and stop them, whether it's from getting over the top of him um, and keeping everything underneath or even making the big plays because we've seen him make some big hits too in his time. So there's... Like I said, you're losing. You are losing leadership, losing a Justin Simmons. And, you know, no, this is all hyperbole. This is more of that getting out with the old and in with the new type of thing that I think Sean Payton is doing. Okay. So as as a fan, as a Broncos fan and a guy who likes Justin Simmons, do I want to see it? No. Am I clamoring for it? No. But can I see the writing on the wall? Because we mentioned it with Brandon McManus, how he's kind of a vocal leader. Who's the other vocal leader on defense? Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Yeah, but Kareem Jackson is also Kareem Jackson wasn't even a Bronco until a month ago. Again, he wasn't. You know, like like, this is happening. So so that's what we're doing. (laughs) This has happened every year where he hasn't signed with the Broncos until after the draft. Oh my god! I mean, let's be honest. He's he's on a one year year to year contract. I'm not saying he's not a leader, but Justin Simmons is like the real voice as far as being one of those uh, one of the captains' leaders on defense. Uh, for this team 
he's he's spoken up and so he's been given kind of that leadership role mm. of the defense you know the quarterback of the defense type of role and I just Kareem Jackson is great but like I said he's on a year-to-year contract every year would you be surprised if the Broncos cut him no would I be surprised no but I don't think you you, you, I don't think you take away a, a veteran presence that has really become a staple in the locker room unless that veteran presence becomes toxic. Yeah, and at $1 million, is, it's not like the Broncos are hurting, or I think it was maybe 1.5. I can't remember the exact number of his contract. E- either way it goes, it's, it's, it's a steak dinner for the for the Penners and the Walt. It's, it was less than McManus, all right? Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, but like I said, Kareem is on a year-to-year, and what I see Sean Payton wanting to do is establish a culture. And establishing a culture isn't with the guy who's going to be here for one year. It's probably some of those reasons why, you know, there were guys that were unsigned or not re-signed in the offseason. Um, they just, you, you don't besmirch the good name of the Broncos, I guess. And I'm not saying either of those guys did that, but there were some players who, uh, kind of decided not to play at the end of the season last year who are no longer here, who were very talented players. So hmm. when you look at Sean Payton and what he wants to do, he's going to want to bring in his own guys. And he even did that in the draft by getting Adam Troutman in here. Oh, that is true. You know, that is true, man. Gosh, man, could the Broncos create a world where they could say, we'll trade one of the top five or top 10 safeties in the game because we'd rather create more room for the longevity of what we're building culturally over having star players who have been a part of the system long term. And that is that is an interesting concept because the Broncos, when you really think about it, have really prided themselves on understanding that when you have a guy who the fan base has really leaned on you usually don't let that guy go unless it's something significant. Uh, I go back to Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller was traded because the Broncos were going in a direction where they were going through a retool that felt more like a, a, uh, how can I put this? It felt more like a, a changing of the guards more than it did a, hey, we're about to get ready and go on a Super Bowl run. And I think that's been more apparent in ways that we didn't even see were coming under the Hackett and uh, Russ regime. But nonetheless, I think the Broncos understand that, man, we chose Simmons over some other great players. We traded away Vaughn. We traded away Bradley Chubb. We we let other guys on defense walk. We, We... you know, we, we made room financially for a guy like Justin Simmons. And I know they're probably going to ask them, themselves that question coming up here soon when PS2 is is up on the books to get paid. They have a lot of decisions to make. And I think the, the truth of the matter is if you've given away those players because you felt like you were moving in a different direc- direction culturally – and Justin Simmons says that I am the guy that can fit the culture that you guys are trying to build – then why would you move on from a guy who fits that culture, even though financially he may be uh, stringing you along on the cap? But I would also make the case in the same breath, he will never string you along on the cap near about as much as that guy who wears number three on the other side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But two things from what you just said. Uh, 
first first question for you. Who who were those Broncos that chose Justin Simmons over Von Miller? Well, I mean, obviously the old regime. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what I'm saying. Well, that, to a certain it, degree, it, because it when, when, when George Payton, when George Payton got here, George Payton was the one that traded away Von and those guys. So if you're telling me that in the very near future George Payton is going to be a part of the old regime, then I'll be like, okay, great, what you're saying is true. Yeah. But George Payton was still here, even in the merging of those things, kind of moving past. Even once John Elway announced that, hey, after this season, I'm going to take a significant step back. Yeah. Well, and that's—I I mean, my bottom—I guess the bottom line of that is that it was still kind of that old regime, and it's Sean Payton's show, show now. It was that wasn't one of his decisions. Okay. That that's what that's where I'm going. Got with you, that part. got you, got you, got you. Okay, so you're saying under that regime, yeah, un, or, or, or under the Sean Payton regime, it's not necessarily something that would stick out as, hey, it has to be this. But under George Payton or under someone else who drafted him, to your yeah. point, it could be seen as, okay, that was their guy. I got it. Because got I, it. I guarantee you, I mean, if Sean Payton had that $20 million, he'd be like, oh, where are we going on the offense right now? Mm. <laughs> you know, there, there there would be those questions. And then, um, oh, man, you hit one other thing that I was going to say. But, yeah, that it was the old regime into the new big part that I'm talking about. And, oh, yes, the contract. You know, if, I'm not saying Justin, Justin Simmons deserves his pay. Like, he deserves – I'm not saying For he doesn't. sure. Like, We're he, both in agreement there. one of the best. And – if he wants to do that, I think the Broncos would be smart to even come to him. And I, I, as an NFL player, you know, for him standing not for long, I wouldn't take it. But if they say, hey, would you take a pay cut to stay with the Broncos? Mm. You know, give some money to the offense, give some money to that side. I mean, that would be my first move as the Broncos. If they're thinking about this and Sean Payton is even doing that, I would say, hey, try and keep him because I would love to have him. But the culture that he was a part of was still part of that losing culture. You know, he's been part of one winning season. Everything else has been a losing year because he came in right after the Super Bowl. So right. he doesn't know that winning type of mentality. And so part of that changes and everything like that is changing the whole attitude of the organization. And I, you know, maybe, maybe they go to him and say, Hey, Justin, we want to do these things. We realize we're paying you, you know, this type of money. I mean, he's getting paid more than some starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That is true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know he's not making as degree, much as three. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people do make as much as three, but he's making a lot of money. So they might just say, you know, hey, take a pay cut. Maybe they do a pay cut and extend it out, you know, a higher bonus uh, or another uh, signing bonus up front to restructure. You know, there are ways around it. But I just don't know if the Broncos can continue to move forward with that big contract looming over their heads when there's problems on the offense, which Sean Payton, you know, is a guru. That's that's where his bread and butter has been made. I, I agree. And to your point, if if we're going to kind of stick with that narrative, I don't see a world where they would ask him to take a pay cut because if you're asking him to take a pay cut, this is how I've always perceived it. You're now giving that player leverage to have a little bit more say or insight into what's coming down the yeah. pipeline. When in the truth of the matter is when you're in a position of a GM, a vice president, or a head coach, I guess in Sean Payton's case, it's kind of like you're kind of like the assistant GM. You're kind of like the uh, president of football operations. You're kind of like all of those roles just unofficially. 
then I think that's where things could get a little tricky. I've always been under the belief that players should not know those things. But when you're asking a player of his caliber who's making his level of money to take a pay cut or, hey, we'll restructure it to look like this, now you you kind of give that player a little bit more leverage. And I think you give that player more leverage than you think you're giving them. And I think that's kind of where things could get interesting. Now, if you're the Broncos and you just say, I don't care about your leverage, then by all means, whatever. Everything I say is water under the bridge. But I think if you're the Broncos, you've got to ask yourself the question, how much does Justin Simmons impact to what what we're trying to build long-term matter? If you're saying that it's more about the finances than it is about the greatness of the player, then – you're going to always find yourself with good but never great players. Because the truth of the matter is those players are not going to truly understand their value and the great ones are never going to settle. So if that's the case, then the Broncos will never reach the pinnacle. No, well... No, never is a strong word, my friend. Well, you hey, know, I'm just, uh, I'm just going off broken, what... I'm just going off the narrative. I'm going off the narrative. That's, that's all. <laughs> so, and like I said, I'm not saying it's right. You know, and I wouldn't want Justin Simmons to take a pay cut. But these are all things that I could just see happening because of what Sean Payton is starting to do and what he's trying to build. And if you look at even his great defenses, they usually had a great cornerback and a good pass rush. Mm. And the Broncos pass rush, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sold. But there was there aren't a terrible amount of you know teams we can even go back to the Seahawks you know the Seahawks when the Legion of Boom kind of started to disintegrate you know they got they got rid of those those high price safeties because they priced themselves out and you know those things did coincide with some of the downfall now the Seahawks I don't think spent their money correctly in other ways they made a lot of interesting draft picks I guess you could say for a few years. But, you know, they didn't pay both of their safeties. Right. And and you saw an Earl Thomas leave, and then you saw a Sherman leave. I believe it was in that order, Thomas and Sherman. Mm, I believe. Sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's just when you're paying that high of a position, I think that they can only be paid when you're in a certain window. And that window for the Broncos, I just don't think is this year. And so if they really like these guys behind them, uh, behind Simmons, behind Kareem, it wouldn't surprise me for them to try and you know load up and get some more you know ammunition for this next year's draft by getting rid of a Justin Simmons who, like I said, is great of a guy, as good of a talent as he is. He still hasn't been part of you know a winning culture here. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so 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 here's here's what we'll do with that. You talk about the Saints and how he built it. So let's let's just go with, 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 with what he's done within the recent years. We won't even go back to like the Super Bowl team or anything like that. So his one superstar corner is Marcus Lattimore. Yeah, and then he has he sharper too. Uh, yes, he yes he did. Um, and and I think when you look at this current version of the pass rushers, it's obviously led by Cameron Jordan, and they've had several guys kind of in and out, and then. Here's another staple. Instead of paying a whole bunch of linebackers who are these special guys, you have one middle linebacker 
who can cover the gap for the other guys who are good but probably will never be great. And in that case in in New Orleans, it was the infamous DeMario Davis. And DeMario Davis has been around for a while. And I think we're starting to see that same thing come to fruition here with the Denver Broncos, to your point. The great corner is Patrick Sertan with a solid number two on the other side in K1 Williams. You have a future uh, linebacker who will kind of fit more of what uh, Sean Payton is looking to do in Drew Sanders, who they just drafted yeah. in 2023. That's the guy that will eventually move into that role. Agreed. Uh, and I think he will play alongside Alex Singleton, and I think this year will be the last we will see of Josie Jewell. And then you have a pass rush that I think is growing when you are asking the question, can Randy Gregory play <laughs> at least 12, at least 12. That's a lot of games for oh, Randy Gregory. But can you at least get him to play 12? Can you at least get Baron Browning to full play t- 12 full, full games? games? Full, full games. Full, that, I mean, that's the most important thing. Let's not just take a snap or two and then, uh, you know, Juwan, <laughs> Juwan, uh, Juwan it, you know. <laughs> hey, pull the Lamar Jackson, you know. <laughs> Head to the back. Oh, the hammy. <laughs> um, gosh, man. 12 games, man, that is crazy to believe we're begging for 12 games with that guy. And then you're asking on the other side, can you get Baron Browning to play, uh, you know, a strong 15 to 16 games on the other side, a strong 15 to 16? You know there's going to be one where you're going to be like, he disappeared. That's fine. You get it. Um, it happens. He's a young player. He's going into his third yeah. year. It's, it, you know, things happen. But beyond that, the biggest question is being, okay, where's the depth? We're going to figure out exactly where the depth is uh, at that position. As far as the D-line is concerned, that gets interesting this year because the truth of the matter with the defensive line is, gosh, man, I don't know, man. I mean, outside of DJ Jones and, and um, gosh, man, why am I drawing a blank? Um, the Arizona guy? Well, yes, oh, yes, uh, Zach Allen, yes. Allen, yeah. Outside of Zach Allen and DJ Jones, like, do you really trust your interior D-line slash defensive ends to really kind of dictate – from the inside, like you're expecting Baron Browning and and um, and Randy Gregory to do from the outside, that's kind of where it gets interesting. I think the Broncos' biggest issue this year that kind of plagued them last year is they will have trouble stopping the run. Containing it from the outside probably won't be as big of an issue as it was last year, but from the inside, they, they may get gashed every now and then. And I think the Broncos have to recognize that as they're getting stronger and more defined defensively as far as what Sean Payton looks to do, are the sacrifices you're going to make now worth it in the long run? You're telling me yes. I'm saying I'm not sure. Well, and I'm I'm saying yes because I also – part of my belief is that this year, you know, it's not a throwaway year. I believe this year we, as a fan base – um, as a media, we'll learn a lot more about the Broncos than we have in the past, you know, two seasons, really. Whether it be, you know, the Fangio or uh, the Hackett or even uh, Sky Daddy up there. Um, I think we'll learn a lot more about these Broncos and what it looks like for the future and their real attitude towards, you know, playing and playing here in Denver. Last year, I. I just think it was, I mean, the circus came to town and I mean, all the clowns got out of the car and were running around the field the whole damn season because there was so much 
I mean, discombobulation between everything. It seemed like just the wheels fell off of everything. And so there was nothing right. So this year, I think honing it in and getting a focus, we'll learn a lot more about who these guys are as football players in this organization. So yeah, yeah, there's going to be some guys gone. It's going to change over years, but I think this will be a more growing and telling year for these guys because they're going to have to go through adversities that, you know, aren't necessarily foreseen, but I think there's going to be the adversities in game time, real situations where it's just, you know, it's character building. That's one of my, my old favorite phrases, you know, you're having a bad day. It's a character building day. You know, we're going to see how much character a lot of these guys have at the end of the day, at the end of the season, because I don't think it's going to be a playoff. They, they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a contender. I don't think that they have everything in place that they need or Sean Payton needs in order to really build a contender. I think they need to, they have a few pieces, but more of the foundation comes next year. And then in year three, you see really the, that that upward trajectory really take off and you know you really become a contender um year after year because you built those other pieces you had the guys learn what sean payton wants you've had them go through the crap you know to get to the gold really i agree wholeheartedly with the fact that you talk about it will really test the character of certain players this season i agree wholeheartedly with that um so what I do want to say, if you got nothing else out of this podcast today, is that all of this revolves around Russell Wilson because if he's great, <laughs> this team is great. If he's not, they're sure. not. It's just the bottom line. Um, you know, And that conversation will be flushed out once we get a little closer to training camp. So I do want you guys to know they will have a special Russell Wilson episode coming up later down the, down the road. Um, hey, would you say it's going to be a spicy episode? It's going to be spicy. spicy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Producers Podcast. You know, this was an interesting one as we kind of talked about the essence of what Justin Simmons means to this team. It is is not that he doesn't mean anything. He means everything. But sometimes when you're on a road to being a true a championship contender, a successful team, you have to make great sacrifices so that the changes you want to see will happen. Mm. And that doesn't mean that it was easy or is easy, but sometimes it has to happen. Yeah. With that being said, it's been another episode of the Producers Podcast. Colin, man, thank you so much for hopping on today, bro. AJ, I love it, man. Good seeing you. Look, good seeing you, man. Good chopping it up with you. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed doing it mm-hmm. on behalf of you all. And again, thank you so much to DenverSports.com and the Denver Sports app for creating a platform for us to be able to have this podcast and be able to have somewhere to have an outlet You guys should definitely check out all of the other things we're doing. We're talking about how to be a mentor uh, with all of our guys who are regularly on the station Monday through Friday with 104.3 The Fan. You can find that at denversports.com as well. Not to mention all of the other podcasts that we're constantly doing behind the scenes between the Rockies and more Broncos talk that we don't get a chance to get to on the air. You guys should check out all of that stuff at denversports.com. Like I said, you can also download the app and it will – uh, allow you to, you guys to have more access to more things, more articles, more updates on the regular, not just from us, but from all of our Denver sports family. 
So thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to another episode of the Producers Podcast. Go Nuggets!